You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Glenda Geek in Rhode Island. And I'm Helena Harris, also in Rhode Island. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Friday, October 6th. This is episode 3280, and it's brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, Horse World. Well, coming up on today's show, we have the original hosts of Horse Radio Network, myself and Helena, and I'm actually at her house, which is an unusual thing. We don't do this too often. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, and today we have some fun guests going to join us today. Bernie Harbert is joining us to tell us the story of riding his two mules 2,300 miles from North Carolina to Idaho. Plus, Marissa is joining us to tell us about Equipro Connect, and believe it or not, Helena's first time doing really bad ads in all these years. I can't believe you've done really bad ads before. There, there's huge gaps in my education, in my <laughs> Horse Radio Network education. It's you right. filled in on this show so many times, it's just never been on a Friday, I guess. No. Wow, no. that's amazing. I know. And then uh, in the Auditor Post Show, Helena and I are going to hang out, and that means you don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea what's going to happen in the Post Show when Helena and I get together. We're actually at your farm. What's the name of this farm? Who Hollow. This is Who Hollow. Yes. Okay. It's What's who the Hollow. one in Aiken now that you've gotten? Who Two. That's Who Two. Okay. Got it. Now I'm, I could, I was getting those two confused. Yes. This is absolutely beautiful. I have not been, uh, Helena lived in a different farm, not too far, about a, what, a mile or two down the road. Yeah. Mile. Last time I visited here in, uh, in, along the coast at Rhode Island. And this is an absolutely quintessential New England farm at. Here. It's just, you're at the end of a road. You can't see a neighbor from here. Nope. It's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, it's nice and quiet, very private. I like to say that it's farm cat friendly. It is, yeah. And you have plenty of those. Yeah. 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 Three at the moment, yeah. And you have three horses here. Three horses, Brody, Clarabelle, and Susie. Brody is my retired field hunter, all-around husband horse, IEA, kid packer, and then my two off-track mares. Uh, which look a lot like <laughs> two f- bay mares. For new listeners going, who's Helena? Well, Helena, uh, we were we hosted the first show on the Horse Radio Network in 2008. Actually, we started our first podcast in 2006. Yeah, Bit of Britain. Yeah, it was yeah. called what? The Talking Equine Show. That's right. Yeah. It didn't last very long because none of us knew what we were doing. Nobody knew how to listen. So, <laughs> <laughs> Is it, yeah, we, we pressed a lot of the wrong buttons. That was in 2006. They, you couldn't, there were no smartphones. It was tough to listen to a podcast back then. Oh. <laughs> we were way ahead of our time. <laughs> we and, were the fir- that was the first ever podcast relative to horses. Or yes. That, if I, period. In first equine podcast period. Yeah. We started it. Yep. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll own that credit. And then in 2008, we started Stable Scoop, and it was the first show on the Horse Radio Network, and we did that show for 12 years, 10, 12 yeah. years. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, Helena was was my first actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
my podcasting first. <laughs> yes, I was. And here we, and you know, a lot of people don't realize that we were friends long before that. And we, we tried to figure it out just a few minutes ago. We've been friends for almost 20 years. Yeah. Grace was a baby when we met. And uh, we met at Myopia when Jennifer became the equestrian director there. And, that's you know, Myopia this Hunt guy Club comes tagging along. Massachusetts. Yeah. This guy yeah. comes tagging along. I'm like, who's this? She's like, well, that's my husband, Glenn. And I was like, hi, how are you? And he was like, I'm good. How are you? And then it was like, <laughs> instant friendship, instant. Yeah. And that was the thing. You two worked together, but you became, you're still best friends 20 years later. It's, um, there are not a lot of people that can tolerate me for extended periods of time. And Jennifer was one of the few, <laughs> Jennifer and my husband. So yeah, we, we stuck with it. Yeah. I we mean, stuck it, with it, it. and it, you were the first one, first one I even thought of. there was nobody else I had thought of hosting a show with. Yeah. I don't remember if you volunteered willingly or if I had to talk you into it, too. I don't think you really knew what a podcast was at the time, either. Well, I was listening to a lot of NPR. They weren't podcasts at the time. No, it was they just were, a radio show, basically, on audio, right? On demand. But they would archive their live segments. And so I could go back and listen to those archived segments. And those were actually the beginning of podcasts. It wasn't until Apple got involved and started making them available on MP3 players. Right. That they became the pod. Yeah, for you youngsters out there, okay. you used to have to download them on your computer, plug in your MP3 player, and then transfer them to your MP3. You would really had to want to listen to a podcast. I know. Yeah. It was a lot of work. So, uh, yeah, I used to listen to Fresh Air and Science Friday, which I still do. But but then you were like, there's this whole genre of these things, and you can listen to I listened to, to Twit, Leo Laporte's yep. uh he was the first podcaster I knew about, right? Yeah. Yeah. There were others. But. You definitely turned me on to the genre, and then you, you were like, let's do this for horses. And I, light bulbs were going off in my brain all over the place. Like, this is brilliant. There are so many different places that we can take this. Um, and we started off with, yeah, Stable Scoop, which was this sort of variety show. And nobody knew who we are or what we did. We we started the Horse Radio Network at the same time because we knew we eventually wanted more shows. But Stable Scoop was the first one for a long time. And um, we didn't – nobody would talk to us because nobody who who we were. So we started with bloggers, and Jackie Baker had a blog back then, and we had her on first. What was it? It was like it, all, hate, all about horses? Or something. It was – I don't know. I don't remember, but she was our first guest because yeah. bloggers were the only ones that would. <laughs> well, who no, Remember then we had um, was it Twitter users? We had yes. one show. We're like, we'll yes. get more listeners if we invite Twitter users, people who Twitter tweet. had just started. Yeah, yeah, and Facebook wasn't even around really when we started. I didn't get onto Facebook until 2007, and I think that was still pretty young at pretty the time. Young, the college yeah. kids. It was were around, on. but it was not popular. Yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been a hot minute, Mr. <laughs> Heber. It's been a hot minute. And then you've done, I mean, you've done, you know, thousands of episodes now. Um, and I've done, I think I figured it out the other day. I think it's over five thousand episodes now that I've hosted all about horses, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nary a day goes by where you are not talking about horses or two people about horses or something. It's like, yeah. People, Which, people ask my daughter, well, what, is, what does your mom do for a living? She, she talks to people. That's right. Yep. Well, and you, well, let's talk about your shows after we do Daily Winnie's, okay. right? Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. 
Well, I have a couple birthdays for auditors. Felicia Pandorf, Mandy Flanders, who obviously I worked with. She helped out when we did the transfer to Equine Network. And she's out on the bootmobile now. So she's back working on the bootmobile for LLB. And she's the manager now of the bootmobile. Oh, good for her. That's <laughs> a solid paycheck. She loves that stuff. Um, and Nikki Rotino, uh, our friend Nikki. Love, love Nikki. Yeah. Happy birthday to Nikki. We also do a show together. Uh, that's in the auditor exclusive show, though. It's called WTF. And yes, it means exactly what it the initials stand for. Yep. And uh, I also wanted to thank Helena for, for having us up this weekend. We're tomorrow, or the rest of the weekend, really, we're going to spend in Newport, Rhode, Rhode yep. Island. We're going to go doing do non-horsey things uh, in Newport, which is a place that's special to both of us. Buck and I got married there. We did a... a How long ago? I said 10 years, but apparently not. Did I think it's six years. Well, we've been together for 10, and... This will, we got married in 2017, so that's six years. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be our sixth anniversary. We got married there, and you guys had your honeymoon there. 35 years ago. Yeah. It's a very romantic place. And then Buck and I did a podcast called That Newport Show. Oh, that's for, right. For three years, and we talked Til to- Till COVID hit, basically. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We talked to pretty much everybody- um, who had anything to do with Newport, and that was a lot of fun. So it's a really special place, and it'll well, be fun to, gonna, to gonna do go it over with you have guys. dinner. We'll see the breakers again, and see some of the do some of the cheesy mansion tours, which I cannot imagine you and Hel- we're never going to get Jennifer and Helena out of those rooms. They're just going to be talking about everything. Buck and I will be long gone. I get into <laughs> trouble when I go to the mansions because I'm the one who's like trying the door handles of the doors that are cordoned <laughs> off. Like, do not go here. This is not for the public. I'm like, what's going on? You're looking here? in the drawers. I'm like, what's in here? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, excuse me, ma'am, <laughs> you can't go there <laughs> oh sorry all right let's do your daily winnie my daily winnie goes to my dear friend jennifer hebert who came down to who too or she flew up to who too and helped me that's an aiken that's, that's your, an aiken that's her vacation house that's her our, vacation farm that's our national park <laughs> so i have a very tiny farm up here in new england because that's all we can afford uh, so we bought an 11 acre farm down in aiken recently and I do say it's like I inherited a national park and it requires a lot of mowing because no horses are on there yet and we have to maintain it. And Jennifer flew up and she helped me. She did a lot of weed whacking, but we also had to prep um, this old structure on the property to make it suitable for our horses when they first arrive. And as you guys know, you got to get rid of every sharp corner and rusty nail and anything that could possibly create a lameness uh, or a death. In, in horses. So Jennifer helped me do that. And she did it with her, her brilliance, her genius, her experience, and her good nature. And we had a boatload of fun doing it. <laughs> so that goes out to Jennifer. Thank you. And then those two drove back to Rhode Island and I flew in yesterday and yeah. here we are. It was a 12 hour drive and it went by like an hour. We didn't, we talked the whole <laughs> way. You did too. I bet you did. Yeah, the whole way. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed that. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Although I have to say, the the amount of time we spent talking about horse stuff was pretty small compared to what we uh, the other things we talked about because we never get a chance to talk about the other stuff. Yeah, life stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
So you also do a, uh, a podcast called Stolen Stable. Tell everybody about that if they haven't heard of that yet. Yes. Stolen Stable is uh, advice for barn and business. And so a lot of times for horse people, those two things are very intimately intertwined. And I offer consulting services. You can either, um, you know, remotely via Zoom or I'll, I'll go out to properties. On the personal side, if you have a, par- a property and you need to figure out how to make it, set it up for your horses for the first time you're bringing them home, how to make it safer, more fun, more efficient, anything that has to do with barn management, whether it's for two horses or 200. Um, although I'm not too keen on the 200 part anymore. <laughs> uh, I will give you some advice. And I also have some other consultants that I'm working with. So if there's an area of expertise that is not mine, then we'll pop you over to that expert. On the business side, which is really the, the, the powerhouse part of my consulting, if you are in the boarding business, training, you're a veterinarian, uh, a massage therapist, if you are a business owner in the horse world in any way, shape, or form, I am the person that you need to talk to. I can help you do financials. I can help you, uh, you know, hiring, customer service issues, anything that has to do with making sure that the work-life balance between horses as your livelihood and your sanity, I'm going to provide you with all of the tools that you need to strike that balance because running a horse business is stressful. And we can reduce that amount of stress significantly. And it's mostly because we're not making enough money. Well, and you know, most horse people, and I include myself in this, we're not really good business people. We like dealing with the horses. We don't like paying the bills or balancing the books or making sure we're making money or you know, all of that, right? And most of the problem is comes in a, a, not having a plan. Not feeling your personal value. A lot of my clients, you know, that first consulting appointment, the very first question I ask them is, well, what do you want your life to look like? And that turns into a cry fest because no one really ever listens. No one really understands just how challenging it is. And then we we go into the financial planning because primary problem number two is not, are you charging enough money, but where are you leaking cash? And it's they're, they're pretty easy fixes, but we all it's just like you wouldn't you know you wouldn't go into a, a show or a competition without working with a coach. So you know how to ride, but you need somebody there to kind of you know serve as those eyes on the ground. Well, same thing with business. And I I think we all tend to want to just put our head in the ground with our butts in the air and ignore it. Right? Isn't that it, the easier way rather than deal with the truths of it? And when someone brings it up, then we just complain about it. We say you can't make money in the horse world. And I say, BS, you can. You just need to look at the numbers, which are very intimidating to a lot of people. But it's, you know, it's like ripping off the band aid. Once you look at the wound, then you can figure out exactly what you need to heal that wound. So, but, you know, in the past, horses were just a hobby. It's a bona fide profession. There are academic degrees that you can get in our industry now and people are starting to see themselves as professionals you own a boarding barn you're a professional and you need to be treated and paid as such and you know let's just come up with a plan but also because i know that horse people are not business people you have to make these kinds of tools and these conversations really easy for them to digest because we can get overwhelmed oh and then when we're overwhelmed we do nothing so things are color-coded, they're in boxes, there's big arrows and circles and diagrams so that it, it 
this doesn't need to be a separate job in and of itself. They can easily integrate it into their lives at the barn. How do they get a hold of you? Stallandstable.com. Stallandstable.com. And of course, you can listen to Stall and Stable on any podcast player out there. Yep, we're everywhere. So we're both still doing this. We're the unusual ones to be doing podcasting 14, almost 15 years later. Well, there's just probably a handful of us. A lot of folks have come after us, and, yeah. and some do a really good job. Others not so much. Well, a lot have come and gone. There's there's a low barrier to entry to, to podcast. Everyone's like, I want to start a podcast. Have at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't realize how much work it actually is. Yep. You know, starting a podcast and doing what we're doing right now is easy. The talking part's easy. It's it's getting people to listen. And the marketing part, like any other business, the marketing part is the most crucial part. Otherwise, you're not selling anything. In our case, nobody's listening, right? It's it, That's our sales. Yep. yep. It's getting people listening. It, it's a... It's a fine balance between podcast being an art and being a product or, or a commodity. You you create the art. The content creation is, like I said, the fun and easy part, but then you have to sell it. So if all I did was talk on the mic, it'd be a dream. This would be a dream. This if all we had to do was this part, yeah, and then have to do any of the business parts uh, the rest of the day, I'd I'd be that'd be heaven right oh, no. there. Well, we're going to take a break for Kentucky Performance Products, and I got to tell you about this. Um, Kentucky Performance Products, Helena and I were about six months into Stable Scoop in 2008, 15 years ago, and I sat down with Karen at Kentucky Performance Products. We probably had 12 listeners at that point. Not more, not many more than that. I think maybe 14. We had experienced <laughs> yeah. some growth. <laughs> yeah. And it, it really took off in its first year, but she came on as our first sponsor 15 years ago. We had no listeners, and she's still our biggest sponsor to today. So let's hear about them. And then we're coming back with Bernie Harbert. He, uh, he, Wrote a is writing a book called Two Mules to Triumph, and he has a blog called RiverEarth.com. And he took those mules and rode them 2,300 miles from North Carolina to Idaho. We're going to find out about his trip and his book that's coming out. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability, Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Bernie, it's so good to have you on the show today. Thanks. It's great to be back on. Yeah. You know what? Uh, a couple of mules and a couple of months and a lot of sore butts and a lot of yeah. blisters. And here you yeah. are, 2,300 miles later. What the hell made you want to take some mules halfway, <laughs> most of the way across the country? That's my question. You know, the usual curiosity. So, and I just can't get away from them. Like, I'm sitting on my back porch in Western North Carolina. Got a mule nibbling my toes, begging for chestnuts. We live with mules. 
and I'm just driven to travel with these things. Um, so what, in fact, you can, uh, I'm going to feed a mule chestnut so you can get the, the, the sound. Oh, yeah, of that. yeah, we everyone love that. Should, we everyone, love that. Everyone should hear this on a Friday morning. Yeah, no, 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 we love that. Oh, I can hear him. <laughs> did you hear that, man? Oh, yes, I did. I love that. <laughs> so, so that is my mule cracker. I'm, I'm, and I've just got to introduce these guys because they're so central to the why, and we'll get into all this. So Cracker's a, a, a horse mule. He's about 15 hands. He looks like a cross between a refrigerator and a bloodhound with his ears perked. <laughs> he's got bloodshot eyes. A big boxy belly. He's out of a Tennessee Walker mare, so he's got a really, really good gait. And my other mule is named Brick. Um, she's much younger. She's probably eight or nine now. And she's like a doe, like a little deer. Um, a lot flightier than Cracker. So she, I used her as my pack mule um, on this trip. So now I feel like I can talk about the trip having introduced him. And had, how long have you had them before you started walking? So I had, well, this is a bit of a, uh, there's a lot of imperfection in my trips, in my travels, Glenn. <laughs> I, I, love, I love that about so you. The, so the saddle mule, the lead mule, and like for all you listeners out there, like do about half of what I say and the other half ignore. I buy this mule cracker six weeks before I take off on my trip. And I do that because my mule brick, she's, she's a little flightier. She's greener. I didn't trust her to ride her up the road. Riding cross country is mostly riding road riding these days. And so I bought him from a wonderful uh, family, the St. John's in Rhonda, North Carolina. I get on cracker like a day after I bought him, a couple of days after I bought him. My wife, Julia, is standing in the yard. Cracker will not get away from the, the, the barn. And so I like, I think they call it momentum in dressage, like get him trotting, you know, build up a little speed. And he veers around. I pull the bit through his mouth and he crashes right into Julia and pins her against the fence. And she's like, get that mule off me. She's like gasping. And then I think five weeks later, I saddled him up and headed to Idaho and it worked out <laughs> <laughs> miraculously. Why? So you went, North Car- you went North Carolina, Idaho. Why Idaho? Yeah, because I got married. This is another thing. I got married six weeks before I rode away from my wife. Uh, you need to interview her. For Are like, you still married? Like, like horse wives, we are. Yeah, we We've do a horse. Like, you know what? We do a horse husbands husband, episode. Yeah, but the you're wife. the horse guy. I need to get her on. Yeah, you yeah. got to get her on. So anyway, yeah. so we get married. We've been together for like 10 years. She had come on a, a nice long ride with me. So I knew she was the one. She's really independent, which is good. And so when we got married, her brother, Nick Parker, who lives in Sun Valley, he and his wife, Carolyn, came to North Carolina to our wedding, which was very small. And I was so honored that they came that I thought, I'm going to go visit them on my mule, which goes to show you can justify 
anything. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what what I did, how I did it, how it came to be. Now, you're writing a book right now, Two Mules to Triumph. When's the book coming out? Correct. The book will be out in 2024. It's finished. You know, we're down to the little tiny edits. And it is about, Two Mules to Triumph is about writing from North Carolina to Idaho. Right now, we're just getting the publishing lined up. So, like, if if any of your listeners are famous publishers, hit us up. You know, we're, we're, we're looking to promote and get the book out. It's a beautiful, wonderful book. What surprised you the most about this trip? What weren't you expecting that kept kept coming up and you kept going, wow, I wasn't expecting that? How things miraculously fill in when you need them. And and a big theme in this book is is kind of is pairing back. We're in a world of just abundance. And I'm and let's say I'm just looking at horse equipment. Like there's so much wonderful equipment out here. But when I ride out that gate, you know, with these animals or when I rode out, I, I only carried about forty pounds of gear. So like everything they ate, everything they drank everything, every place that we stayed, this all had to be taken care of. So I couldn't carry much with me. And the, the, the miracle, and I talk about this in all the different faces that it shows up in the, in the book, is when you're looking at a situation, you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get these mules across the Ohio River, the second biggest river in the United States. How am I going to ride them across this trestle bridge? A solution shows up. And it and it's just and I'm a real I guess more of an engineer type, but it is magic. It is freaking magic. And it's I really did my best to convey, you know, how this works in the book. And it really helped me understand that Sometimes it's okay to set out before things are perfect, whether it's with our horses or in our lives, starting a business. That was well, the biggest surprise. It's just amazing on a daily basis. If I had waited till things were perfect on all the businesses I started, I would have never started any of them. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. We, would, we wouldn't be talking today. Because, yeah. you know, we, yeah. we even had trouble today getting our tech to work. So it's funny you say that. But right. you know what? You're a long rider. The long hikers, right. the guys, the ones, the men and women who do the Appalachian Trail and all of that, they yeah. have a saying, and that is the trail provides. And that's yeah. what you found on your yeah. trip. The trail provided. Yeah. Yeah. It it really did. And and that 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 was such a strong lesson I learned that it really it has carried over into my daily life because it's not, it's sometimes easy to think that this magic is out on a trail or on a long ride or on a beach in, you know, an exotic Island. It's everywhere. It's here today. It's going to happen. We just have to see it. And that's really helped, you know, my day to day life after that. So, yeah, it's just, it's just a real affirm, reaffirmation as opposed uh, for, to trying to get all the answers. You know, and I'm drifting a little bit from the trip, but this, in this general sense, it, it was a really powerful thing to, to have reaffirmed. So, yeah. I, I want to also give a plug for the Humble Hoof podcast. Um, you were on with Alicia's one of our shows here in the Horse Radio yes. Network. And you talked a lot awesome. about 
a lot about hoof boots and feet and the trip. Yeah. I'll let everybody listen to that for more of that stuff. Um, yeah. But what, was there a time you were you were terrified? Was there a time when you thought, "Oh, this is it"? Yeah, yeah. Which, I'm riding. What, yeah, where were I, you? I'm riding. I'm riding into Brandenburg, which is in Kentucky. Um, I was. Kentucky's a, the birthplace of Abraham Lincoln. And I brought a top hat on my trip that I got married in. Major detour, not going to get into it. I put it onto my head, riding into Brandenburg, you know, and I'm waving at the cars. And then at the last moment, I'm like, this thing is hot. I'm going to put my helmet on. So I put on my little lightweight, I think it's a Troxel helmet with the sun shield, and I'm not feeling as, you know, Lincoln esque, but. My head is cooler. The great helmets. Riding into Brandenburg and talking and stop and talk with a couple of guys. And as I ride off, there's this explosion. Like uh, I've never stepped on a landmine, but it's what it felt like. It just, it just exploded. And it was cracker under me. He shoots me up in the air and I'm like pinwheeling with my arms and legs, trying to keep balance and everything freezes for a split second and i look down and it looks like this insane farm scene gone really awry like cracker is bucking so hard the stirrups are clicking up over his back brick my pack mule is darting off towards a dumpster and then fast forward it's like and bam i hit the ground and that felt like my head was surrounded by like 50 huge giant marshmallows. Everything went black. My vision went from white to this thin black line and I laid down on it. And I thought, this is brain damage. This is what my life is going to look like. And it was first, it was absolutely terrifying. And then it was a total peace. And then I like opened my eyes and I was like, well, my eyes work. And then I saw like these like little green blades of grass. And I'm like, well, well you know, where am I? Couldn't move my neck. It's cause my helmet was like jammed into the dirt and I like, get up on my knees. And I was like, I can move, you know, I'm not paralyzed. I'm not brain damaged. And then I, you know, get up, I end up getting my mules. What had happened is the mule brick, my pack mule, had stepped on a piece of barbed wire on the side of the road. Oh. It had flipped up, raked the inside of her leg, and got caught in the girth. And, by, and, and I've got photographs <laughs> of all this stuff. And so I'm like just loopy. They're like, like little, looks like little gnats drifting in front of me, those little white specks, like little floaters. And it's like, I forgot how to tie all my knots, like the bowling. And I was just knocked silly. And then I looked the next, that evening, I looked at my, I ended up finding a place to stay. And a long story. I looked at my helmet that evening and it had been broken into three pieces. Wow. If I hadn't had that helmet on, it would have been a long-term, you know, terrifying 
existence. I, I would have just been brained. So that was the, the scariest and the closest call with like a really bad deal. So, and it was all because some barbed wire on, barbed on the wire. side of the road. Yeah. 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 Which, which just goes to show you can't over plan or you can't plan for everything I should say. And I, okay. I was a little hurt in some of my training with the horses, you know, but at a certain point you just can't prepare for everything. And you can't blame the horse. I mean, any horse, imagine? any horse would have done that. Yes, I mean, so can yeah. you imagine putting like you do the little, the little, uh, the the trail stuff that you put out, like the noodle thing for the trail yeah, class, yeah, yeah. and then you got the gate, and you got the board, and then you got a spool of barbed wire that you know tangles they step through. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> that's not something Maybe you can show. safely practice for. No. <laughs> right, Did you wear the right. helmet? There? Did you get a new helmet? Wear it the rest of the trip. <laughs> That was so funny. So this thing was just, it was destroyed. And I, sh- and I took a photo of it. I should have kept it and hung up a lot. I didn't. I, the next day I'm riding, I'm in Indiana now. And I end up staying with this, with this, uh, this uh, guy. He lives in an underground home and he's a biker. And I'm like, dude, I just, you know, I need a helmet. And so, <laughs> so he gives me one of those skull cap helmets. It's, it's like vintage 1972. It is massive, thick fiberglass. It's got almost no padding and it weighs about 17 pounds. And hot as hell. <laughs> it's hot as hell. It's black. Kind of, and so I'm riding through Indiana, like semi-concussed, this huge thing on my head, like going, looking like a complete gimbo. <laughs> this went on for like two weeks until my wife, Julia. Every patient Julius sent me another helmet, and I sent him the <laughs> helmet back. So, that's like, fun. that's a total that's funny and not funny. <laughs> exactly. That, that's why guys don't wear helmets because they really do make you look stupid, especially the motorcycle helmet. <laughs> but I'll <laughs> but tell I you what, without I'm... that, we wouldn't be uh, talking today, would we? Exactly. And that's yeah. the serious side of it. And, and honestly, when we really look at why we or I don't wear a helmet, it's vanity. Mm, that's it's true. Because I don't look as cool in a photo, you know, with my helmet as I do with my beat up hat that I'm wearing right now. But yeah. I also don't really look cool, you know, on a ventilator with my wife, you know, feeding me Slurpees. That's true. So, well, so. There, all of these <laughs> stories and much, much more are going to be in the book. Um, and we will let you know, you'll let us know, we'll let the listeners know when the book's going to come out. But you have a blog right now, and, and I got sucked down that rabbit hole this morning. Thank you very much. Um, it's yeah. river it's riverearth.com because Bernie not only has done, you know, this crazy thing with the mules, but he's done many other crazy things too. Um, so you, you can you can see a lot of that. You tend to follow on your blog, you tend to follow a lot of the long-distance people, whether they're riders or Right, bike riders or whatever, right? Right, right, right. Like one of the interviews I did recently was was, uh, with Felipe Massetti Lighty, amazing guy. Young, he's a long rider. He rode across both North and South America, sixteen thousand miles. Um, And so I interviewed him. He was on a bike, right? Was he a bike? He he was he was on on Mustangs. Oh, that's right. He was was the Mustang guy. Yep. Yep. And then yep. the yep. other guy was the peddling Reverend Hans, who's That's right. 
done. Yeah, there, there are quite a few on the site who's done like, I don't know how many hundred thousand miles pedaling a bicycle. So He's I'm like really been across the country three or four or five, six times or something riding his bike. Oh yeah, Crazy. once with a once with a hamster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, the blog, not calm. You're good. You're a good writer. <laughs> You've written many other books and stuff too, and I just got I got sucked into yeah. the blog. So it's riverearth.com, yeah. and you can find follow it there, and that way you also see when the book's coming out. But uh, good on you for t- doing these adventures and living life to its fullest. Man, this has been so much fun. Thanks for joining us. And as I said, if you want to learn more about the the technical side of how he did it with the horses and what hoof boots he used and, or with the mules and what hoof boots he used and all of that, you can find that at the Humble Hoof Podcast. It was one of the recent episodes. I think most recent, maybe. Um, yes. But uh, thanks, Bertie. I want to have you back sometime to talk about how you live in North Carolina. Because that ain't normal either. That ain't normal either. Yeah, we live in a 500-square-foot cabin and talk with Julia. You can do the I'm gonna the, do that. The horse wife. Oh, but we're gonna do go, that. I, I gotta feed these mules some chestnuts because they're starting to nibble my toes, and the porch okay. is next. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bernie. Thank Appreciate you. it. Bye bye. Well, Bernie's a trip, and I'll tell you what, I need to spend an hour with that dude. Uh, he and I could have fun with her. We ended up talking for like 20 minutes after we were done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have his wife on the horse husband's episode, because she's the husband. Uh, you know, she's the non-horse one, and uh, I imagine living with Bernie must be a trip. So That's how you make friends. You're like, oh, yeah. this guy's cool. And I know. Then next thing you know, you're like, and you, the, the interview's 20 minutes, but the post-interview call is I, an hour. <laughs> yes, that's true. You know, People think that it takes us an hour to record these shows. That's not true. It takes us sometimes two or three hours because we're talking to the guests for so yeah. long. And especially when you have tech issues. Yes. We've been having those this morning, even though we've done this for 15 years. <laughs> still have tech issues. All right. We're going to hear from uh, a new website out there called My New Horse. And then we're coming back to hear about a new app from Marissa. Helena got to catch up with Marissa at Equipro Connect. For first-time horse owners and new riders, finding the information and support you need can be challenging. That's why Equine Network has partnered with Sentinel and Absorbing to bring you My New Horse. From important horsekeeping information and how-to videos to social media communities, exclusive experiences, and more, My New Horse is your one-stop shop for riders of all levels and disciplines looking for easy-to-understand horse care information and guidance. Start your horse ownership journey today. Visit MyNewHorse.com. Good morning, Marissa, and welcome to Horses in the Morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, despite the fact that we had some tech issues this morning. But you're no stranger to tech issues because you, you're you a techie yourself, right? Correct. Well, I am a converted techie, you could say. <laughs> I don't know which is worse, being a converted horse person or a converted techie. But you've managed... I'm going to go converted techie is worse for sure. Okay. But you've managed to combine the two things and you founded a product called Equipro Connect, which is software for equine professionals. Um, Tell us about, you know, what drove you to create Equipro Connect, but first tell folks what it is. Sure. So Equipro Connect is a software tool and an app for equine professionals to run their business. So we help them handle like the administration side of their business. So think forms for their clients and communications, text and emails. We do all of 
the billing, the transactions, um, we handle client data, and we help with their scheduling and online booking. So this software was created for like hands-on equine professionals, so equine massage therapists and chiropractors and farriers and physiotherapists. Um, currently, there is a pretty good selection of software for barn owners and trainers, but when I was looking for a solution for my bodywork business, I wasn't really finding anything that I was thrilled about, and I was using like three different apps and paper to run my business, and that is what led me to create Equipro. So um, at the time, I had a three-month-old baby, and my, my older son had just turned two, and I came home from work, and I was just like so spread thin, and I couldn't find any of my files, and I was like having a meltdown. And my husband was like, you have been complaining about this for so many years. You just need to go ahead and make it yourself. And I was like, this light bulb went off, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like why didn't I think of that before? Um, and the next morning, I was up at 4 a.m., just like starting on designs. And drawing. <laughs> Talk you about know, being motivated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, now, so this is what's interesting, because there are a lot of uh, apps and, and programs for the brick and mortar style horse business. But for service providers, there's not so much. What mm -hmm. would you say is the meat and bones of your software? Is it scheduling? Uh, is it customer relationships? Definitely our session reports. So, I mean, personal opinion, I feel like there's nothing out there like our session reports. Um, they are in soak note style that licensed massage therapists, therapists are required to use. So they are very, very in-depth. They're like a clinical level. Um, we have amazing illustrations that our scientists scientific illustrator made and the actual muscles and the bones light up on the horse um, which is very very cool we drew our muscles from origin to insertion so the clients can see the entire horse's body and how it's connected and how all of these muscles are coming into play and then for practitioners they're point and click styles so you can create like a five page document without typing a single thing um, because our answers like generate into this really nice, robust report for the practitioners. And then they automatically send to the clients, they automatically file away in their profile, and then um, the clients can actually create a free owner portal to access their session reports at any time. So, so our that, session reports are like our big main feature. Th th is that like a voice to text or transcription? Um, no, we don't have voice to text in it. It's like point and click style. So oh, okay, okay. you might say like, why are you here today? And then you'll click like tension and restriction and then it pops like all of these questions up. So you can just go through and just click, 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 click. And then it generates it into like actual complete sentences for you. It puts it into like easy to read um, charts for the clients. So they're very cool. And the other cool thing is you can actually add as much or as little information as you want to them too. So they could be one page, they could be 15 pages, depending on how crazy you go with your session reports. I love it. it anything that you don't have to type and that sort of pre-filled or prompts you through mm -hmm. through it is so much, it's so much more efficient than Definitely. the old way. Because I, I found like without having prompts, I would forget information that I wanted to add. But when you have these like little prompts that you can skim through, they they really collect a lot more data than you would just trying to 
pull it from your own mind. And I, as a as a customer, I rely so heavily on the post-session reports because, you know, you have conversations with your service provider and, and they'll tell you things. And sometimes, you know, it goes in one ear and out the other, or maybe they need, you know, the, the massage therapist or the chiropractor needs time to process what they've done and make it a little bit more digestible for the owner. I really, I rely very heavily on that. So I love the Same. fact that the illustrations are so detailed because taking a conversation with your service provider is one thing, but then being able to look at your own horse's body and compare it to a report that has that information on it visually, incredibly Mm -hmm. helpful. So true. I, you know, and even being a professional myself, like my, my horse on 4th of July fell and his skull was like cut clean to the skull and she was giving me all of these instructions and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I felt really confident. And then she left and I was like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like none of it was like written yeah. down. And I'm like, I wish I had a written report because I don't remember because I was so emotional at the time. So it, like having something concrete to refer back to is so nice. And it also like eliminates, um, he said, she said, because in the past I have told, you know, clients that their horse seems like sore around their SI joint. And they go to their vet and they said, like, on this one amazing client, it was just, you know, you forget things in the moment. She said that I said her horse had kissing spine and his thoracic, which I never even, like, mentioned. So having, like, a report just helps eliminate any sort of miscommunication. Which is the root of all evil, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, how is it? Is there a mobile version? Does it work with a tablet? How would somebody go about getting or using the app? Yeah, so we have the um, software available on desktop, so you can access it on like any computer, any tablet. And then we have an Apple app and an Android app. And so those are really great for your phone or your tablet. Um, So it's pretty accessible on like any device that you have. Is the data stored um, like on a cloud? Is it or is it stored on each device and then it can be shared? It is cloud storage. Okay, which is great. Mm -hmm. So you can do it on your desktop and then finish it on your mobile and vice versa. Exactly. Awesome. Very flexible. And is is it like a subscription service where you you know you get the front end on your device and then you subscribe to it or how does that part work? Yeah, so it is a 30-day free trial and we don't require any card to get started and the 30 days is just our gift to the practitioners to test it out. And then after that it is a monthly subscription. There's like no contract that locks anyone in and it is $50 a month and completely unlimited as far as how many clients and how many session reports you have. And then we actually just started a student discount program for new businesses um, and new students that have been certified within the last three months or current students. And that's 50% off their first three months with the program to help them get started. That's pretty fair. And it's a lot cheaper than paying an administrative assistant. Definitely. I mean, I used to pay more than $50 a month just on my paper um, carbon copy reports, let alone everything else that I had going on. Super. And now is it available everywhere? I'm assuming it's available in throughout the U.S. Yep, it is available everywhere. So we have users 
U.S., Canada, we have a couple over in like South Africa. Um, we have Australia and Europe. So we have users all over the world. Good for you. I, this is yeah. exciting. I, I, I can't wait to take a peek at it myself. Where can folks find Equipro Connect or more about the product if they're interested? Yeah, sure. So we have um, our website, which is EquiproConnect.com, and they can sign up for their free trial on the professionals page. And then we also have a Facebook and Instagram, which have a ton of really great resources in the link in the bios. So if you go to our Facebook page, which is Equipro Connect, um, we have some free anatomical graphics for um, horse professionals to use in their business. So we have all the muscles and all the bones. We have them labeled and we have them transparent background that they can use on their social medias. And again, those are free. And then we also have a really great free guide for professionals. And you can find that on the Facebook and Instagram page. I'm excited to go take a peek at it. Listeners, I encourage you, especially if you're a service provider, to go and find out more about Equipro Connect. Marissa Schaefer, thank you so much for joining me this morning on Horses in the Morning. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me here. I'm so excited. (laughs) You can enjoy your favorite equine videos all in one place with Ride TV, the ultimate equine streaming platform. The newly relaunched Ride TV has all the series you love, like mini horses and ridiculous ranches, plus top-tier training videos and event footage from Horse and Rider On Demand and BarrelRacing.com. Live the action, learn from the pros, love the stories. Subscribe to Ride TV today for only $19.99 to see where your ride takes you. Visit RideTVGo.tv to subscribe. If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but hey, he can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez-faire. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low-down lie with a sincere stare. Horse trading. Well, if they're talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. What is time for really bad ads? That time of the week when listeners submit ads either from Craigslist or Facebook. We have a little bit of fun with them. I cannot believe after 14 years that this is the first time Helena is a really bad ads virgin. Yeah. (laughs) It's her first time. It's a first for everything. Yeah, there is a first for everything. So uh, we, what happens is when you submit the ads, you get put on a list. And at the end of the month, uh, we give away prizes. I have not gotten the prizes from Horse Lovers. I should have those this week. Uh, So anybody that submitted in the last couple of weeks is put in for the prizes for the next batch. We'll let you know when that happens. Uh, But thank you to horselovers.com, the home to over 120,000 horse items for your horse, your barn and for you and you can find anything you need over at horse lovers with a z.com and they've been providing our prizes for eight years every month here on really bad ads we don't get time to get to everybody uh that submits ads but uh we sarah christina allison sarah steph and margaret all submitted ads you are included in the drawings we just will not have time to get all the ads today and i apologize for that but we get a lot of them Mm. you're starting with jolene today yeah i just want everybody to know that this is the toughest one because there's a picture of a very skinny horse i I was like all right i gotta make this funny helena's sensibilities are going out (laughs) 
We have a rule when you do really bad ads, and you cannot have a conscience. You just have to. All right. To, yeah. Just, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it away. Put it away. All right. <clears throat> really bad ad. Do I? Okay. And this J- is. Jamie says no soul. No soul when you're doing really bad ads. I'll go cold. I I need to. Re- yeah. <laughs> you need to go all New England here. To <laughs> I rebirth my icy heart. Okay. This is. This was submitted by Jolene. Uh. And it is a picture of a very skinny horse. With a big pile of hay. Very big pile of hay. Yeah. He's, yeah. He looks quite relaxed. Have a male horse for sale. I got told he was rideable. He very calm. He will come to you. <laughs> That's it. We don't know what breed the male horse is. We don't know age the male horse is. I guess it's a male. We can't tell from the picture. Well, it says he. Yeah, he was pretty sure it was a male horse. This is a very skinny. You're going to need to feed this horse for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good thing he will come to you. Yeah, exactly. He'll come to anybody with food, I think. <laughs> uh, Jenny sent the next one in. Now, we have that one recorded. If you record your own ad, you get two entries for the prizes. If you record your own ad in a accent other than your own, you get three entries for the prizes. So let's see what Jenny did. This is Jenny Brubaker in Indiana, and I found a horse on Project Horses in Indiana on Facebook. Nothing's capitalized, and... There are no periods, so I will do the best I can. Well, I really hate to do it, but I am going to have to find a home for my Mustang gelding. I thought that he would help me with my anxiety, quint, depression, but he's just he just needs someone that will care for him like I do right now. He's in the stall until he can get weight put on him. Other than that, he's a great horse, loves being groomed, loves the attention. He comes up to the gate, loves his brain. Loves his grazing time, leads loads, stands to be tied, stands to be saddled. He dose buck. He's only three years old, not broke. So what do you expect? He's very gentle, G-E-N-T-A-L, on ground. Just needs someone to finish him out and make him whatever they want. Sounds like a project. <laughs> Jenny, well read, Jenny. If you're, if you're wanting to dig yourself out of depression, maybe an unbroke Mustang is not the way to start that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. Oh, <laughs> Maybe a nice, quiet quarter horse that's about 14 years old. Better yet, 21 years old quarter <laughs> horse. That'll help you dig you out. That poor guy. He really Ooh. thought that was a solution, but apparently not. Oh, boy. Faye sent this one in. Does anybody have a good broken horse and saddle that they would be willing to... What is this with no punctuation today? All right, start over. Does anybody have a good broken horse and saddle that they would be willing to trade in exchange for all kinds of different feed bagged up and ready? I've got access to all types and unlimited amounts of feed. Let me know if you have anything around Decatur or Moulton areas and can deliver or trade. What kind of feed? Is it horse feed? People oh, feed? Good broken feed? horse and saddle that they would be willing to trade. So she's got the feed and she wants to she trade wants the horse. food for horses. <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. I'll give you, I'll give you the true. horse to feed my... Wow, that's a, that's a bad ad right there. Mm, that's Thank a bad you, one. All right. Uh, Olivia. All right, here we go. Olivia sent this one in. <laughs> Drafty mare, 1300. Four year old, 15 HH plus, mostly halter broke, 
would make an awesome recipient mare, brood mare, or riding horse. When I first got her, she nursed two foals, took on an orphan. Does have damage to her right eye, but seems to be able to see. (laughs) Mostly halter broke. I I had hopes for that one. She used punctuation. (laughs) There was logic to it. It was, it seems to be able. It's always at the end you get the real truth, you know. Seems to be able They're wonderful horses till that last sentence. Yeah, what happened? Everything just went downhill there. And can you, you should be able to easily tell whether your horse can see out of an eye or not. Well, you know, she's mostly halter broke, so that <laughs> so could present yes, you can't some get problems. Close enough to check. <laughs> <laughs> the binoculars. I got the yeah. binoculars out. I think she can see where she's going. <laughs> it looks like she hasn't hit the wall lately. <laughs> Julia sent the next one in. It's our trailer of the week. Oh my god. This is the shortest gooseneck I have ever seen. You would be able to maybe, it's got one wheel, and you may be able to, it looks like a chariot trailer. It does look like a chariot. It does, but it's a gooseneck. Maybe must, it was like a driving sulky or something that someone converted. It's, it's, it looks like it's in great shape, actually, for compared to most trailers we get, although it's still buried in weeds. Why they don't mow around the trailers before they take the picture, I don't know. It's a gooseneck. It, it's, it it's a little bigger than the axle it sits on. It's That's got a hall of mini, maybe. But it's a gooseneck. <laughs> I don't get this. It's very odd. Maybe it was chopped in half? Well, let's see what it says. A 1993 trailer one horse. And I'm telling you, you're not a horse. You're a mini. Fitness. <laughs> it's They went $2,000 for this thing. Uh, one horse goosenecks fits little trucks like an S10. Yeah, because it weighs like 89 pounds. <laughs> uh, a Tanger, Toyota, etc. Good tires, new treated floor, pulls good, OBO, or trade for single wheel flatbed uh, for an F250. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always want to trade the one that nobody can use for the one that everybody can use. That's uh, common <laughs> in those ads. But yeah, that is a very odd trailer. I've never seen anything like that before. Well, you could haul that without your with your uh, Subaru because it, it was way up. Uh, you could haul that with your, your Volkswagen Rabbit <laughs> if they still make those. All right, Rebecca sent the next one in. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Bex from Colorado, and I listen to Wednesday's uh, ordered a post show and then quickly ran to my computer to find an Australian ad so I can read it for Glenn and my best Australian accent. So this is from Cowhorse working performance ads in Australia. I said uh, Australian accents were the sexiest. I'll be completely honest with this. I brought him for work for a feedlot horse and he was perfect in the first week when I rode him and now he's a completely different horse. He was very antsy, very on edge. He flinches when I move him. He wants to go, 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 and he's by himself, and then he's real spooky. He seems to be somewhat settled when he's with another horse or two, but by himself, he's not quiet. He's cowy, and he likes to cut. I need a quiet horse, and he's not good for the work I'm doing. He's a sensitive stomach, and I've found his green grass has sent him off as rockers. <laughs> I've tried to get the green out of him, but it's just not working, and I need something quiet for work. With a consistent work, he should come back down and be the beautiful-natured horse I fell in love with. However, I'm not in a position to ride him out and, and definitely not take his cheat and keep up his work and bring him back down to earth. When he's good, he'll go all day. He's good to shoe, catch, a bit of a pain to worm, but he can be a bit funny about getting on the float too. But again, with another horse, he's a good boy. He needs an experienced rider. Asking 4000 
located in Coendi, with a big yard you can ride them around in. I work a tight schedule, though. All right. Hope you love that. See ya. <laughs> Bex, I got to tell you, Bex, I, Australian accents are still the sexiest. <laughs> they really are. I, I, I'm just an Australian accent person. But this poor guy, he just... He, he sounded so frustrated. He's like, I just can't do this horse anymore. Get him out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> he also needs the 21-year-old quarter horse. <laughs> All right, Janelle sent this one in. If you're looking for a saddle faker than my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. If you're looking for a saddle faker than my ex-boyfriend, you've come to the right place. 17.5 fully synthetic saddle comes with PEI saddle cover, medium narrow, medium and medium wide gullets, and a brand new with tag sheepskin line girth. This saddle is for the high withered horses, not the flatter than the highway in the Midwest horse that I ride that I ride. Stirrups and leathers are not included. $650. So if you need a WinTech, come here to get it. It's faker than her ex. <laughs> What's a PEI saddle cover? I don't know. Uh, it's, I'm thinking... Fleece? PEI? I think that's a kind of fleece. Okay. Yeah. I, when I hear PEI, I think Prince Edward Island. Maybe that's what it is. And like for, They have sheep there. Yeah, maybe. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but you can get that for a mere $650 shipped. And right. uh, she'll probably ship you the X, too, if you want that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Only if he comes with a girth. <laughs> Laurie sent the next one in. Hi, Jamie and Glenn. It's Laurie in Michigan, and I've got a really bad ad off of Dream Horse. This is for Lacey. She's 17 years old. She's a Tennessee walking horse, and it says her skills, disciplines, and attributes are trail riding, western, western pleasure, and western riding. Lacey is a 16-year-old gated mare. I recommend an intermediate-slash-experienced rider. She's good with other horses. She'll follow the horses on the trail. I hate to see her go, but I don't have the time she needs. She sat over winter and needs a little refresher. Easily goes into a trot or canter. Smooth canter. Bitless, that's all in caps. She doesn't like bits. She's easy on the reins, mostly when she's in a good mood. Um, so what happens when she's in a bad mood? Text or call if any more questions. And that's it. Have a great day. It's you know what? I, I'm sense. easy when I'm in a good mood, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I go bitless. <laughs> it's always the last sentence of these ads that bring out the truth. <laughs> that's funny. You're up next with Elliot. Uh, I'm up next. Okay, so Elliot submitted this one. This is this is <laughs> this is just rich. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eight-year-old mayor. M-A-Y-O-R. Eight-year-old mayor. Eight-year-old man halter broke and very friendly to men and load pretty easy. She has been worked with her mother is pokey pretty babe papered mare. He's a quarter horse. I'm confused. <laughs> Let me do that one again. Uh, eight-year-old man halter broke. And so very, we have an eight-year-old man who's halter broke. Eight-year-old. Okay. If there were punctuation, it, it would read like this. Okay. Eight-year-old man halter broke. <laughs> And very friendly to men, and load pretty easy. She has been worked with her mother, is pokey, pretty babe, papered mayor. He's a quarter horse. <laughs> is it a girl or a boy or just a gay guy? But, I'm, I'm confused. But the best part is, 
<laughs> she must have put this into a, a, a program that, that sells products because it asks condition, good. Delivery available, check mark. Make manufacturer, quarter horse mare. <laughs> Size dimensions, 15 hands. So we assume it is a mare and not a guy? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Very friendly to men. Low but it's pains. an eight-year-old man halter broke. Her mother mm. is pokey, pretty babe. All right, we're not here to figure them out. No, no, we, we, no. We two thousand dollars, two two thousand dollars, and you get yourself. A, that's good. That's new with tags. <laughs> <laughs> and now we always end every really bad ads with Lorene. Hi, good morning. It's Lorene Barden. I'm going to read a really bad ad. And this ad is from Craigslist, and it's for a horse, Mustang, for $750. Has been saddled twice. Stand still until asked to woke off, then box, dot, dot, dot. Has had a lot of groundwork and is calm-natured. Calm-natured? They just said the horse box. Okay. <laughs> More woe than go type of horse, dot, dot. Picks up his feet and load nicely, dot, dot. Good ground manners just have to sell unexpectedly. Okay, she's selling unexpectedly because she unexpectedly got fucked off. But <laughs> dot, dot. He is a little taller than 14 hands call anytime. And that's it. There is a picture, but in the picture... All you see is like a little bit of the horse in the corner. You can't really see. Oh, and his head's chopped off. <laughs> well, that's it. That's that the part? ad. Have a great weekend. Bye. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. Who wants to see that part? Woo! Uh, had him saddled twice and uh, bucked me off. Well, no kidding. That's what Mustangs do when you first put the saddle on. I wonder if like the dot dot is a, a Mustang version of the ellipsis. <laughs> Do you think that sometimes people get these horses and they just think that they're magically going to be trained? Yeah. Yeah, because that's right. It's got to be magic. Yeah, it must be. Because if you're expected to put a saddle on a quarter horse or on a Mustang and it's the second time you saddled it, it's probably going to buck. But it's a lot of groundwork and the horse is just fine. It'll be I, good for you. There's <laughs> Not been good for me, but it'll be good yeah, for you. <laughs> She should include in her surgeon's number for free, no extra charge. Orthopedic consult. So, Helena, we've been doing these ads every Friday for 14 years, and they never end. <laughs> just keep, they just keep going. And it's, it's the same. They're written a little differently, and some are the exceptions to the rules, but it's the same general trend. We're going to tell you how wonderful the horse is, if they, if they include punctuation and all of that. At, or we're not going to tell you anything about the horse at all. It's just one sentence like the earlier one we had. And then halfway through the ad, we're going to start telling you what the problems are. And they always, in the end, outweigh the good points. <laughs> just, it's just true. Uh, every year, every single week for 14 years. Well, thank you, Helena, for allowing me to be in your studio. I'm the most comfortable chair I've ever recorded in, I it's, might add. It's not bad, right? I was going to fall asleep here. Um, and uh, you're absolutely beautiful farm here in Rhode Island. Well, really, the pleasure is all mine. I couldn't be happier to share this with you guys. We've been here for a while, and 
it always makes it better when you've got somebody special to share it with. So we we're very glad. Now we got to get you both down to who too. Yes, Jennifer's been there, and yep. apparently you've already hooked up. So we can just bring the trailer up. I know that was the surprise of the weekend. So yeah. that's an open invitation to all our favorite people, all our favorite listeners. Well, it's been a joy. Well, thank, thank you. you. And what's uh, what's your show again? Stall and Stable, and you can find out more at stallandstable.com. And you can con- there's a contact form right on there if you need to contact Alina. You can do that there. Auditors, you know where to find her. She hangs out in the auditor room, too, so uh, she'll be there as well. We're going to just hang around for a couple minutes. We, we had a lot of tech problems this morning, so it went long. Uh, but we'll hang around for a couple minutes for the auditors in the post-show. And uh, thank you also to Buck for cooking a wonderful dinner last night. It was absolutely terrific. We are going to be doing some best stubs for you next week on monday wednesday and friday tuesday and thursday we have some new shows for you uh but uh we're going to be traveling and uh i needed a week to get ready for radiothon so that's what will be happening next week as well jamie's in her second week of uh doing her clinic there in oklahoma and then we'll both be back with you the following week so thank you enjoy your Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. Hey, auditors, here we are in the post show. You guys usually uh, see Helena in the WTF show that we do with Nikki, uh, but we haven't done one of those in a couple of months. And we got to we got to get back to fixing people's problems. We were either sick or busy. Yeah, or we had it's enough summertime. of our own problems. Yeah, summertime just uh, gets. We even stopped. We do the monthly dinner with all of our horse friends in in Ocala, and we stopped that over because everybody's so busy in the summer. Yeah, as soon as the weather breaks, uh, even, no matter whether you're down south or, or up north or Midwest or West, it, it, we we got stuff to do. We got horses to ride and right things to do in the summer. Uh, and the winter, most people are miserable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, Florida, we're in our—that's our good time, right? Well, it's just, the weather's just starting to break right now. The thing is, though, and this is what because I've been comparing weathers as is, um, even if you're in the South where it's warm and the weather's nice, it still gets dark earlier. Yeah. So we get into that trouble when the sun goes down, and, that and that's going to happen soon. I think we change our clocks in November, I believe, beginning yeah. of November. Yeah. yeah, we're still changing those clocks. We thought Buck and I thought maybe we. That, that they finally passed that, and we were so disappointed to find out no. <laughs> they were talking about it. They always talk about it, then they never do it. They got pretty close last time. But yeah, they never do it. Yeah. They never end up doing it. So we're going to uh, – you guys got to get down and see our new property too at some point. That's right. You're going to have right. to do that. Wait, but we get the barn put up and you know get some more stuff on it. It's just empty at this point. Well, we'll be 16 hours closer to you. That's you know, true. A five-hour drive from our farm to yours is pretty easy. That, that's, that's true. We'll, that'll get done. Uh, we'll definitely sure. be up over the winter with our trailer because we can work up there. You actually have good internet at your little farm. Yes, so. we do. <laughs> yep. We, we don't have a lot of square footage. We don't have a lot of Well, we can live in our space. trailer. So. I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's... it's uh, yeah, I, I even set up and can do the whole show from that trailer, and you know, you'll still we, have tech problems. There's something about me and you. Yeah, no, we get together. Yeah, we well, don't tech understand problems. why this we is had, happening. For the auditors, we had so much trouble getting it to work this morning, and I don't know why you do this all the time. <laughs> well, I don't usually record with somebody else. So That's occasionally, true. I'll record with Buck, but um, making phone calls and so like you know, you have. 
what, 25 shows on the network. Yeah. I have one. Yeah, that's true. So things are a little bit different. Although it was just the button that had to be. I know. It's always know. something simple always when you just get down button. to the end. You're just figuring out the simple things not always simple. But, you know, that's how our recording career started. <laughs> yeah, it's true. With tech troubles. Oh, we had no idea what we were doing. No. We had no idea. We had. It was only because of Skype that we were able to record at all in those days because Zoom wasn't around. There was none of that. Did we use Skype? Yeah, we used Skype. That's what we used back then because it was the only thing we had to connect to each other. It was yeah. Skype in the but the Skype recording was the problem. Finding a way to record the Skype conversation, we were using these archaic programs that aren't even around anymore. Well, that's how we found uh, eventually Audio Hijack yeah. to, to capture the Skype. You're right; it was it was Skype was the the impetus. But recording Skype was the problem, and, and we finally found one recorder. The one recorder existed back then for Skype. What was it? And it was fluky. I don't remember what it was called, but it was this. I can picture it on my screen. Yeah, and the quality was terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was just terrible in those days. Uh. And we, we it, and believe it or not, you heard the interview I did with Bernie there. That was on one of the original mics she had to me because we were scrambling. It had a dent I mean, in it and a, everything. You have a good mic I'm on now, but but that had a dent in it and everything. And those mics were what we first used when we started recording all those years ago, and they were fifteen dollars. Yeah, and I, I, I keep them around. They they did their job. They, they were job. great for on the road because you can bounce those things off the floor. <laughs> they never break. And we did. <laughs> we did too. Oh my god! <laughs> Some of the early we re- did the first remote recordings together at at Ada. Yep. In, in Philadelphia. Yep. Yeah. That was King the first time we recorded together, and it was a trunk of equipment with great big mixers and all this stuff. And now we can travel with a little bag. And the mixers are the size of a deck of cards. Yes. It's so crazy. We used to have these big honking mixers that <laughs> took up mixers. all your desk. Yeah. yeah. All your desk and all sorts of knobs. And we, I would be like, Glenn, I don't know what where oh, to put no this knob. we had no fucking idea what the buttons did. No. And, and so we had, we were taking pictures of our our mixers. And someone else would be like, okay, turn this knob three quarters We would clockwise. send it to our music friends. Yeah. Who had done music and used those mixers. Because we had no idea. No. And, I still don't. No. No, and most of them, we just sent it to the middle. The yeah. knobs all got sent to the middle. When in doubt, put it to no the middle. Damn, yeah. did. I know. Podcasting has gotten so much easier. You know, it, you know what's gotten easier? The tech has gotten easier. The tools have gotten easier. But making a fun show is still still as hard as it ever was. Yep. It, it, you're still, it's like cooking, you know, from scratch. Healthy foods or whatever. You, you can go out and you can buy something frozen in the frozen section. Or you can get all the ingredients, all your recipe, put it all together and serve it up to your friends. And it's, um, yeah, I, I it requires see, a love. I receive new it. podcasters starting out now. And, you know, and then, you know, after you see, you're on all the Facebook groups too for podcasters. And the most common post in there is how do I build my audience? How do I build my audience? Because they spend so much time worried about how to record and how to do that and what they're going to put in their show. But they forget about the fact that people don't find you magically. <laughs> you know, you got to get out there where the people are. And, and, and that's what we had to do. And we had to, it was even, it was harder for us back then. It really was walking to, to uh, elementary school in 12 feet of snow. Because was. there was no te- there was no way to do Barefoot. any of this, we Bare, invented. Uh, and yeah, so we had to educate. We had to explain what a podcast was, and even after you explained it, there was still the blank stares. I'm not sure, but I think this is the way the world is going. So we'll we'll jump on the horse radio network bandwagon. But that was very. There was a lot more exasperation 
back then. Yes. Should we, well, oh my God, is this ever going to gain traction? And then one day... We waited a long time, and it was when Serial, the podcast Serial hit, that people started to learn what a podcast was. Yeah. Even so. in the horse world, you know, people would listen to Serial. And that was, Serial was really the first of the murdery podcasts, too. Yeah. The, the, the Let's Solve a Debt, you know, a Cold Case. That was the first one. That turned me into a, a true crime junkie of sorts, uh, the case of Adnan Syed. And that, I just found a new one called the prosecutors so if you're if uh you guys any auditors or true crime fans check out the prosecutors they have two legal briefs and the other one i can't remember their the subtitle but if it, you listen to those two i hope you appreciate how much work goes how many hours and hours goes into the prep for those shows hours yep yeah yeah <laughs> And, yeah. <laughs> NPR spends $1,000 a minute to produce their podcasts. You're kidding. No, it's $1,000 a minute. They have 10 to 12 staff on every show. Yes, that I know. So, you know, that all adds up. And here we are doing it with uh, no staff and <laughs> wearing many hats. I'm, I'm producer, host, engineer, yep. marketer, operations person, business analyst, accountant, <laughs> I ha- sales we had, rep. We had a guest on Wednesday or Monday, I forget which, uh, who started with Stable Scoop first episode and has been with us ever since. You're kidding. No, nope, nope. and it wasn't Rhonda. Uh, it wasn't Legacy Listener Ronda. It was somebody else. And it was like, oh, my God, we still have – those people are still here. I need to go back years. and listen to the first episode of Sable Scoop. I don't even know what it was. It, you know – well, We sorry. had these great plans to do news and horse news and all this stuff, and then we figured that was hard, and we abandoned that shortly after. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That required us being organized yeah. and, and planning ahead. One of my favorite uh, series that we did on Stable Scoop was when we did the – remember we did the – the knockoff of in the actor's studio and we would ask oh, yes, listeners yes, yes, questions. Yes, yes, yes. And one of the favorite ones that I, we did was uh, what superpower would you have? That was such a, our listeners came up with some great superpowers. Well, what, what's your favorite? F- that one. We haven't done that one in a long time. What was your favorite food? What's your, <laughs> what was your least favorite food? Where would you travel? We really, that's when we really got to know our listeners. And that was just before the birth of the auditor room. That was kind of the precursor to the HRN auditors group and page because we had developed such a connection. Uh, we really got to know our listeners that way. That was fun. Do you, listeners, only the most dedicated listeners will know that Helene and I had another show together too. Oh. Because that one only lasted about 50 episodes and it really what did got hard to do. Uh, we did a show called Tack and Habit. That was my favorite, though. It was a product review show. You know, if we started that now, it would probably work. It was too early for that show. Then. Let's do it. Let's do it. it Equine would... Network needs another show to add to their lineup, right? <laughs> we we had I forget who provided the product. It was probably Horse Lovers that did the products for us. Well, we would do it at Ada. That that was oh, what that's, right. that's what sent us to Ada in the first place because we were looking for new products on the market to review to review and to talk about. So. We had, so, um, yeah, some of them were from manufacturers, actually. And we'd have them sent to us. And the problem was we didn't have time to 
actually use the product to review it enough so we had listeners start to help us. Well, because the manufacturers started to go, well, this is a great venue for us to get you know information about our products out. And they just kept sending boxes and boxes. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have enough horses. <laughs> To, to, we couldn't try them out. We just didn't have time to try all the products, and we got listeners involved. Yeah. And it was that's what made it complicated. It was complicated. Just the logistics of it was complica- yeah. complicated. Yeah. Um, and then we abandoned – God, that was early on, too. That was early – it must have been 2012, 2014, somewhere I, in there. I know – I actually, I think it was even earlier. I think Tack and Habit might have been 2011. Because we did Stable Scoop and then we did the 2010 World Equestrian World Games. Games. Those right. were the two. And Tack and Habit <laughs> was right around the end of the beginning of we- the WEG show because WEG kind of extend- extended past the games. Um, Tack and Habit wasn't very long after that. And then we, because uh, it was it was Stable Scoop first and then uh, Dressage came in. Chris was doing Dressage then shortly after. Oh, yeah, She Chris. came on with Dressage shortly after that. And then when Chris was gone, like a year later, then that's when Reese and Philip took over. And that was in, in uh, like 2011. And we rolled out <coughs> three or four shows in a very short period eventing, of time. Dressage. Yeah, eventing, yeah. Dressage, uh, driving. That's right. Uh, that's right. Because I met, I met Wendy in 2010 also. Yes. And then we started the driving show shortly after that. So a lot of those shows started around 2010. Right. And of course, this show, Horses of the Morning, started in 2010. So mm-hmm. we we introduced a lot of shows right at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we edited them all. We didn't have an editor back then. It was me, and then Jennifer joined up when her gig was up at. Uh, she KBS. worked at a retailer. Yeah. Uh, and then that was we were still living in Lexington, Kentucky then, and she she started working then as an editor. She learned how to edit. She, none of us knew how to do any of this stuff. We We've figured it out, <laughs> which might account for all the tech problems we ran into. <laughs> uh. Well, there's a little walk down memory lane, and now we're going to go eat good food. I'm going to drink a drink or two uh, <laughs> this weekend. And the sun just came out, so there Perfect. might be a little and riding involved. it's so involved. cool up here. I, this is the first time I felt the 60s in like six months. It's so nice. And, and it, it's we're real near the ocean, so when the the afternoon winds come in, they come in off the ocean, and they they don't just bring in a cool breeze. They bring in w- water. They bring we're going to have to mist. take a walk down to the beach or something. Take yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah it's a good day to, beach for a beach walk. Yeah. That'd be terrific. Well, thanks for thanks, inviting Alina. me along Thank on you, this little uh, episode. It was nice to join up with you Fun again. Fun to see you again.